Welcome to Get Your Rocks Off with Mick Wall, the world's leading rock and metal writer. Each fortnight, Mick will unpack rock and roll stories. Stories that you probably won't find in print. So pour yourself a Jack and Coke and get ready to get your rocks off. Right, here we go. Welcome to another edition of Get Your Rocks Off with my good self, Mick Wall. And uh, that bloke, what's your name? My name is John Hotton. I like the way you said that. Yeah, Do it positive. Again. John yeah. Positive self-reinforcement. That's yes. my gig. Yeah, cool. Now, um, the subject of our discussion this week is going to be the one true metal god. The painkiller, the exciter, the sinner, Joey DeMaio. No, no, it's not Joey DeMar. We'd never get a podcast out of that. Well, we might, we one, might day, one day, but, never... but but that's not what we're doing no today. No way. Let's get on to what we are doing yeah. today. Now, I'm going to hold this in my hand. Yes. It's a book, I a should add. A new book as well. A new book, and it's by in... Rob Halford, the it... lead singer of Judas Priest, and it's called... Um, it's called Confess. Confess. I think it's called Confess. It's in very gothic writing, yeah. so it might say undress or something like that. I think it should have said Confessor. Yes, yeah. Confessor. Yeah. Yes. yes. Or confessor. just one of Rob's invented words that he has. Oh, you know? how do you mean? Well, it's a it, bold I think claim. Well, well, no, we'll go to this later. I mean, this is, this is much later in the podcast, but on the Painkiller album, the first song has a word. It's something like... Uh, you know, I'll I'll smash you, I'll crash you, I'll paramatalize you. Paramatalize yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. And he just you know, he just comes up with this stuff because he's a metal god. Well, he is a metal god. And I think before we go any further, um, I'm really interested in this metal aspect because um, I, I, I'm partial to the priest. Who isn't? You know, yeah. those of us who have been converted. Um to the, to uh, to become defenders, defenders of, of the, the faith. faith. <laughs> um, no, I love me some priest. Uh, oh yeah. But I was looking on YouTube the other day because it cheers me up, um, and I found a clip. I thought it was from when I was with them at Rock in Rio. It wasn't. It just looked very very yeah. similar. And uh, and Rob comes out. Uh, they do uh, Exciter, I think, is the opening song, and um, Rob comes out. In the full metal jacket. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's got the th- th- chainmail around yeah. his arm. He's got the boots. That yeah. It was just the full leather coat as well. Or no, he didn't have the coat because it, it was hot, too hot. Hot, hot festival. Day. Hot festival. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, he comes out, and I can't. I, I don't know what the words are, but it sounds like this. It sounds like. It sounds like that. Yeah. And that's pretty much great. That's pretty much every song. <laughs> to the point where, you know, they, they did have a song or do have a song called Metal God. They do, yes. On the um, British Steel album. More metal. Yeah. Now and it made me think, I wonder if they are the first, because people go, oh, Black Sabbath. In, no, they didn't. Mm. Yeah, Jimi Hendrix and people like that were there first. But, um, but in terms of actual, what we now think of as 
heavy yeah. metal. Yeah. I don't think of Sabbath. I don't think of Zeppelin or, or even Hendrix or whoever. For me, I think Priest, because they were the first ones that actually started using that Yeah, yeah, word. I was going to say, they took the generic term and brought it into their music and celebrated it. Yeah. And, and turned it into yeah. a thing that you yeah. can write endless songs yeah. about. <laughs> yeah. So like, yeah. so like Sabbath, Geezer Butler, who wrote the lyrics, you know, he talked me through some of the songs once. And, uh, and it was everything from, you know, war to um, uh, uh, politics, uh, the occult. I mean, all kinds of stuff. Um, and, and priests definitely have a, have a palette uh, in terms of subject matter. But it seems to me the number one subject matter <laughs> is metal. Yeah. Or, or, or what they, like all the best bands, they create a universe, don't they, around themselves. And in that universe are sort of spectacular creatures and a bit of mythology and, a, and a, you know, a kind of a, a, a universe that you can, that exists only through their music and their imagery. And I think priests are really good at that. They are really good. Um but it is about one thing. It's, yes, about, metal. Yeah. it's about metal. Let's be clear yeah, on this. Yeah, yeah. It's metal. Yeah. But but I want to talk about creatures. I mean, you think about, you know, the electric eye and the painkiller and all these sort of things. And they have these kind to of me, weird things. To me, it's still very metal related. Yeah, oh, it's, it's absolutely metal yeah, related. Metal sort of invented. Eye. Yeah. Yeah. Your old metal eye. Your old, my yeah. turbo lover. Yeah. yeah. What's that? Fucking a machine, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Metal! Yeah. That's what it is. So it all got, and how yeah, Rob Halford is the king of that. He's the king of metal, I'm gonna say. He is, he yeah. is. And 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 one of the reasons I love seeing them live, always did, is because it's a I sometimes can't tell if there is a certain irony. See, yeah, that's really interesting thing to get into because I think I think that's something that slightly grew. I mean, I remember a couple of times at, uh, seeing them once at Hammersmith Odeon, where they walked off. When they walked off, Rob turned to the crowd as at you know at the end of the last encore, and he said, "I hope you've enjoyed your evening of heavy metal." <laughs> now that's funny. It's funny, but it's also good. You know, it's uh, and yeah, is he tongue in cheek? And again, I'll come back to. The story I'll well, I think tell his later. new book clearly Inter establishes that he is tongue in cheek yeah, on, on many often. levels. Yes, yes, many levels. yes. I'm going to interrupt but, just briefly yes. because I don't know if anybody can hear the snoring, but that but that's the pug that has joined us for this session. Yes, and has immediately fallen asleep. <laughs> now, a, now I hope it's not going to disturb you because if I put the pug out, there's no. We're here on our own here today, and if I put the pug outside the door. He will whine yeah. and scream and scratch. Whereas if he's in the room, he'll just <laughs> snore. So we think we think the snoring is better. Yeah, and he is a metal pug. A metal dog. He is a metal dog. Yeah. He's a dog of war. He is, yeah. He is, yeah. when he's not lying around snoring. Yes. Yeah. So he's going to yeah. be with us for the entire. He's going to be with us, yeah. all boys together. So um, go on. I, I kind so, of, I go, kind of crashed your. No, head no. Well, I've got, to, I've got to say what I was thinking when I think about the priest. You know, I think about yeah. You always remember the first album that you bought. You yeah. Know, when you become a fan, the first yeah. album you bought, yeah. and I bought two albums on the same day. I had you, the money. You. I had the money. Self indulgent. I know. Metal I know. I thought I'm going to start this thing as I mean to go on. 
and I went to Boots in Fleet and I bought two albums, two live albums, oh, two live single albums, not doubles, single albums. One of one of them was If You Want Blood. All right. Yeah. You can't go wrong. You, which you can't go wrong with, really. And the other one was Unleashed in the East. <laughs> the legendary Priest Live. Which of the two, I mean, obviously took them home, played them straight away and played them every day. Yeah. And the the priest was the one that really got me. You know, the ACDC, it was great. You know, it was yeah. like Bond, yeah. Scott, Screeching Away, all the rest of it. But but the I mean, the magnificence of Unleashed in the East. And then later I came to understand the great myths that grew up around this album. It's known colloquially, of course, as Unleashed in the Studio. Yes, and for, for the, good reason. For the That's amount of overdubs that are on it. I mean, the crowd is real. You know, we can say the crowd is... is it, it, John? Well, is I mean, it? it's a crowd from somewhere, isn't it? <laughs> Um, I heard for years that people just stole the crowd off Live and Dangerous yeah, oh, by Thin Lizzy. Maybe they did. But I don't know, it sounds like a Japanese crowd to me. Uh, Do you know what I mean? That kind of high pitch, like, wah, at the like, end of each like, song. Bonsai! Yeah, yeah. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> That's what they say. They say don't bonsai you find that a bit in appreciation uh, of the tree. The the, the the art of curating small trees. That's what they shout out at the end of priest songs. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? It is, John. Keep talking. I'm going to have to get the metal pug out of the I room. I don't think you should. I think people really? like it. All I can hear is it's him just snoring. A dog. It's just a snoring dog. Relax. I mean, okay. he's not right. heard one of okay. those. Okay. Fair he, dues. Fair he's dues. good. He's good. I'll, I'll wake um, him up if you want. But then do, uh, Japanese mm. audiences, yeah. uh, if you listen to Made in Japan by Deep Purple... And and having been in a few Japanese audiences, they're actually uh, silent while the music is playing. Always, and then at the yeah, end, yeah, there's a more sort of polite yeah, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. They are, the, but that was a cultural thing. It's the same way that the gigs in Japan start. Comes as quite a shock when you ever go to a gig in Japan for the first time. It starts about five thirty. Yeah. <laughs> then you get the so night off yeah, afterwards. Yeah. So you're home in time for tea. That's why whenever you read stories of heavy metal mayhem in Japan, you know why? Because they've knocked off work by eight yeah. o'clock. Yeah, the night is young. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, and then there's a club called, or used to be a club called the Lexington Queen. <laughs> right. And and that that was kind of like the rainbow of Tokyo. Yeah, yeah. You know, everybody that had done a gig would end up at the Lexington Queen. Uh, the night mm. I was there, there was Metallica, Queensryche, Gary Moore, <laughs> and uh, some other lesser, lesser Le- lights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bloke that was once the bass player in a group who once <laughs> did something uh, yeah, maybe yeah. one day in the long ago. Mm. Um, okay, so... But, but anyway, you saw Unleashed in the East gave me my intro to Priest. I then have to say the third album I bought was British Steel, which was, the, you know... So the, you were how, a convert. I was, immediate convert to Priest. And at the you time... You were broken in. Yeah, I mean, cause, because British Steel had hits on it. You know, it this did. is the other thing. It had hit singles. It did. With videos that you used to watch on television, which were very funny. Or one of my favourite memories was seeing the Priest yeah. on Top of the Pops. Yes, yeah. Now, talk about yeah. a clash of worlds. Yeah. Top of the Pops in 1980 was probably... Bucks Fizz. Well, it was yeah. like poor man, yeah. poor man's U- UK yeah. ABBA. I mean, the only rock band you might see semi-regularly on on the pops was someone you you mentioned earlier would be Thin Lizzy. Thin Lizzy, who did have hit singles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or Rainbow probably had the odd hit the, the, single. The, with you know. Rainbow, that'd always be a clip. 
Yes. That, that, yeah, that, that generic clip Rich, with the black Richie Blackmore's not going to go to the top no, of the pops. No. no way. Hey, Richie, love, could you do yeah. that again? Yeah. You know, yeah. Can you imagine? Yeah. yeah. No, no, Richie's not even speaking Richie's to you Richie's not going to do it again. No. <laughs> Ronnie Dio. Uh, Mr. Dio, yeah. could you... What? Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> what do you mean? Oh, yeah. I'll have you know that was perfectly in tune. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It probably would have been. Yeah. Um, so we're kind of straying, which is not like us. Whereas well, the priest would mime as well. You know, they, yes. they'd join in with the fun. That's what you want. They'd mime. They'd let you know they were miming. So it'd be, again, like you're saying about Halford, always slightly tongue-in-cheek. He'd let you know he was miming. Yeah. He'd let you know he's in on the joke. Yeah. But at the same time, it's a heavy, you know, he's got every, yeah. all the leather stuff on yeah. everything, you know. Yeah. And he's actually doing it properly. And you've got KK down Yes, with his flying Who should have really been KK, KK. KKK, five well, K yeah. down. You got to watch the five K. You got to watch the amount of Ks. You do. Have you don't want to go three. No, that's for sure. No, no, no. Yeah. But five, five is five well, K down. Yeah. The classic Mick Wall Award. And then, and then, and well, KKKKK. K, maybe even six if it was if it's particularly, particularly good made yeah. album. But, but you've also got Glenn and KK. Doing that synchronized thing, yeah, the yeah, kind of like quo, was. but more demented. Yeah, Head, you know, well, head banging in sync. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, but also, you know, like the uh, left to right, yeah, dun, da, yeah. Dun, da, dun, yeah. and then Ian Hill at the back, sort of. Yeah. Hello, Just, Mum. Remember yeah. me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm in it. I am. I'm in it too. Yeah. No, look at me. Oh, yeah. the camera's gone. Yeah. And they also yeah, had because um, a great band to look at. I mean, you know, you just you KK had the long hair and the flying V. Glenn looked great. Rob looked amazing. So great. I mean, you're not going to look at the bass player, are you? No, I, under I, those I, circumstances, I, I didn't even know that's they why, had a bass player why, for about you know, fifteen years. When the aforementioned Joey DeMaio came along, yes. and realised if you want to be noticed as a bass player, you better take your shirt off. It's you better get way. a bear skin on. You, yeah, get a loincloth and, uh, and, and, and bow and arrow. Be able to play, what was it, Flight of the Bumblebee at 300 <laughs> miles an hour. <laughs> See, that proved his awesomeness. It did. That yeah. demonstrated <laughs> that the depth the of his musical the knowledge. The could go beyond mere bass. That and the fact, <laughs> you have to say, we're going down a different track here, having said... Man of War aren't worth talking about. The fact they had Orson Welles on their first album is astonishing. Or as Joey DeMeo used to call him, Awesome Welles. Yeah, <laughs> he thought that was his name. He genuinely thought You're that. saying it wasn't his yeah. name? Everybody knows it his was. real name was Awesome. Awesome gave a terrific performance on that song as well. Let thee not pass a badon. A badon. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. Really good. And yeah. Joey DeMeo... Once I, I interviewed him, he told the story of Orson Welles uh, turning up at the studio, you know. And Orson Welles was there when Man of War walked in, sitting in a chair, which must have been amazing. And he said, and he said, he said, he so what happens is they start playing this in, insane Man of War song, you know, and the badlands underneath did calm, you know. And all, insanity and then it stops and you have this narrated passage and Orson does the narration so they get him to do this thing and he and Joey I mean this story's probably been 
refined over the years. But in the telling of it, Orson does this magnificent take, you know, because at the time he'd been the voice of Demek Sherry. So yes. obviously he's got the voice. He's got thing the voice. Nailed he's got down. the moves. In addition with making some of the greatest films ever made, you know. He, he's, he's done the Demek Sherry advert. And he's got Which the he voice will always be remembered always for. Always be remembered for. That and Citizen Kane and Man of War. And he's, he's got the narration. So he does the narration. And then he, and it's all this, oh, let thee not pass a bad end as they went into hell. <laughs> you know, he does it exactly like that. Exactly as it appears on the album. Fantastic. And then he looks up. At the at the studio window, you know, and all of Manor were like, looking through. Probably got their loincloths on. Of course, they had their absolutely. No, no, they definitely probably had. did. They Pro- always wore them. <laughs> they did. What are you talking about? They just used to get on stage in their street <laughs> clothes, <laughs> yeah. which happened to be bare skins. Yeah, that they just and killed. Jo- yeah, yeah, exactly. And made fashion. They just yeah, fashioned. A bear's head fashioned yeah. as a yeah. helmet on his That's head. Right. <laughs> That's right. I look through an awesome world. Look, somebody goes. Who is the author of this piece? <laughs> Joey DeMoe sort of puts his hand up, you know, goes, oh, well, I did. And, and Orson thought it was terrific, loved it, loved it. Thought it was a tremendous bit of theatre. I've always and thought, I think he was right. I've you know? always thought of Orson Wells as, <laughs> as, as a man of metal. Yeah, he was sort of, a, and I think what he appreciated was this kind of immersion, you know, if you're going to do something, yeah. do it. And this do applies it. to Priest and it applies to Manowar, who are very much kind of sons of that sort of yeah. metal realm that Priest yeah. exists in. You could if say they gonna, were illegitimate you could, sons. Illegitimate sons, yeah. But if you're going to do it, do it. Yeah. Go around in yeah. a loincloth. Yeah. Get awesome wells on your album, you know. Yeah. And this, these are, I think, the lessons of Priest. Yeah. You know, if you go, you know, for, to take their classic term, if you go hell bent for leather, yeah. then go hell bent for leather. Don't do half measures. Well, I mean, and also, I mean, they weren't afraid. It's not to... half bent for leather, is it? No, it's you know. well bent for Trevor. So you I said think that, you weren't going to say that. That was the you headline promised. in Sounds magazine. Yeah, it was that, that Gary Bushell wrote this famous <laughs> oh, review. God, amazingly enough, Gary Bushell wrote that. <laughs> I can't believe that. I'm going to... That led into one of the most embarrassing moments of my life, which involved me and Rob. And I will tell you that story in a second. Um, But I was going to say, you know, priests weren't afraid to push the boundaries. So, you know, in the same way that Joey DeMeo would bring in a a severed bear claw and and, and rest it on his shoulder as he's a bass solo in the studio. Um, For the... I think it was the track Metal Gods, where you hear this... Yeah. Uh, yes. Was it that one or is it the other? No, oh, there's is that, another. Is that, there's United is on that album. United. Well. United. 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 No, no, but the, no, you're right. There is no, one that no, goes. Metal Gods. I think you're and right. Do you know yeah. what it is? It, uh, it is. It really is metal because it's Glenn and KK raided the cutlery drawer in the <laughs> catering kitchen. <laughs> And between the two of them, they're like... It does sound a bit like that. Yeah, it does sound a bit like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they were endlessly yeah. inventive, yeah. you see. They were back then, you they didn't have a synth- hemmed in by yeah, convention. But there were, you didn't have a synthesizer or a keyboard that you could just press a button that says heavy metal sounds. And, and, it, and you, if you did have a synthesizer, you'd be hung at dawn yeah. for using it. Although, hang on, Priest did eventually start to incorporate, at the time of sort of Turbo Lover, when they went to America. Well, that no, that was obviously post, Later, yeah, later. Post. But they used them very well again. They, you know, they used they them did, in a metal way. They did, but they never used them again, did they? Well, I don't know, but I kind of think even, you know, because to me that, although, as you say, they got some flack for it. If you think a few years later, the prodigy, bands like that, 
you know, who maybe came out of a slight dance background, I see. but used synthesizers in the same way, that very metal percussive... So you're saying, <laughs> you're drawing a, a clear, yeah. a clear... A clear line, evolutionary line between I'm, the priest I'm not saying, I'm not, and the prodigy. I'm not saying that's where the prodigy got it yeah, from. But if, you but, keep, but if the but if the prodigy were in Kerrang, which they were, which they were, that's why they were in Kerrang yeah, because yeah. that link is there to and be also, made. And also Keith the singer on Firestarter. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a priest's song, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, you could imagine. Yeah, Firestarter. I'm yeah. the I'm the metal twisted, starter. Twisted, twisted metal yeah, starter. It is. You're right. It's a priest song. Yeah. He yeah. even dresses like Rob, yeah. only not as good. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, the prodigy, like Judas Priest, a bit not as good. That's yeah. our summation yeah. of that. Prodigy. Prodigy clinging at yeah, being yeah. the prince, but anyway, let's go back. Let, let's short. go back to what you were saying. You, what you were saying. Oh yes, yeah. so so so, um, so the album so um, well bent for Trevor, which became this kind of catchphrase about hell bent for leather. Yeah, when before and we you know we will discuss this, I'm sure, at length later. Before Rob Halford came out, um, yeah, you know, I I suppose. Within uh, and again, it's going back to me being a fan. I was a big fan of Priest before I before you came out. It, <laughs> I came out and came to uh, came to work at Kerrang. And uh, you know what? And this may sound absolutely ridiculous. Now, it never even occurred to me to yeah. think about Rob Halford being gay, which is completely ridiculous when you think about how he dressed, how, as you say, he went round very tongue in cheek about all the rest of it. But I didn't really. Di- I mean. It, it didn't seem a connection to be made. And then when obviously when I got to Kerrang! and this is sort of in the music business, this is kind of common knowledge, yeah, but yeah. it's not spoken about. It's not put in the magazines, except in a way right. which, in which we look back on now. It's probably quite cruel. And uh, as you know, hell bent for leather, change it to well bent for Trevor or whatever. And Gary Bushel. Anyway, queuing you up. Okay. So, away you go. so, so 1978, it's their second album. Of 1978, and it wasn't it called Killing Machine in America? Machine. But over here, it was called. Well, no, they'd done Stained Class, and then they did Killing Machine, didn't they? Whether it was was it called something else? Yeah, was it called not not Screaming for Vengeance? No, that was no. Late, late, way late. later. Idiot! What idiot! idiot. Fool! Idiot! Research. Metal imposter! Yeah. Okay, whatever fucking thing was called, um, it had Hellbent for Leather on it. And priests have been getting great great reviews in sounds, which I contributed to, very lowly contributor in those days, um, all by Jeff Barton. And then I think just to kind of light, spread the yeah. love, as it were, yeah. Gary Bushell had started migrating from writing about oi punk bands yeah. to writing about UFO and rock yeah, bands like yeah, that. Yeah. And so he gave him the Priest album, and Gary just took the piss mercilessly, gave it two stars, which was... The equivalent of saying it's fucking rubbish. Band didn't see it coming because, you know, sounds have been huge support. The, the only music mm. paper, in fact, yeah. that were supporters at the time. And I, I think even the headline was well bent for Trevor, yeah. wasn't it? I think. Um, and uh, consequently, Barton was supposed to go on the road and do the feature. And he 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 had something else he had to do. <laughs> I'm sure he would have braved the storm otherwise. Bushel was too busy laughing down the pub to give a shit. They went, what schmuck can we give this? bozo is on the staff? What idiot would actually thank us for that? Hello, Mick. Would you like to go on the road with the priest? I'm like, of course I want to go on the road with the priest. They are metal. 
So, um, and then I got, in those days, you know, they would send you the cuttings and things like that, you yeah. know, for your deep research. And, uh, and I, I'm reading this fucking review on my way on the tube station to go up. I'm meeting them one morning at the priest headquarters in London. And I'm reading these cuttings and here's this bushel review. And I'm thinking, oh, my, because I'm doing the story for sound. Yeah. I'm like, oh, Christ. Well, at least they know it's not me. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they've never met Gary Bushell. All that yeah. they are, their hackles are up because a why isn't Jeff coming? Yeah, very suspicious. This guy, the dog man. This guy Gary Bushell has given us the worst kicking we've ever had, and the headline was well bent for Trevor. <laughs> oh no, the cat's out of the bag. Yeah. Um, and now we've got this bloke we've never heard of. Don't even know him. And the idea was, was me and uh, Rob were going to uh, drive in a, a limo <laughs> from London. They were doing two shows, one in Wolverhampton, presumably the Civic Hall, and one at the De Montfort Hall in Leicester. Leaving from Ealing Tube Station. <laughs> Pretty much, some headquarters in yeah, town. Yeah. And, um, and we get in the limo, it's me, Rob, and a press lady. I can't remember her name. And... Um, it's, it's, what is it, two hours, three hours on the motorway? It takes you an hour to get out of yeah, London. Yeah. It's a Friday afternoon. It's pissing yeah. with rain. It's like November or something. I've never met him before. He's never met me. And he is not in a good mood because they are they thought I'd been sent to do a hatchet yeah, job. Yeah. And um, so we literally didn't speak the whole way. We drove up in silence. God. Now, I'd only probably done about two interviews in yeah. my whole life. You thought point. that was what an interview was like? <laughs> To be greeted thinking, with to be greeted with <laughs> silence was nothing new to you. <laughs> greeted with silence. <laughs> no, I I I I I thought this would be easy to transcribe. Yeah. No, I, no, I it was it was horrendously yeah, yeah, embarrassing. Yeah. And then this woman rolls a joint, and um, I wasn't particularly experienced in that area yet either. But I, you know. She could have, she could have, she could have brought out a T-shirt and said, "Do you want to put this on?" I'd have put it on. You know, it was just trying to be genial. So we all had a puff on this joint, and I immediately fell paranoid and mute. Yeah. I, could, I wanted yeah. to speak. Yeah, but it could, so much couldn't. going on yeah, in my yeah, head, yeah. nothing coming yeah. out of my yeah. mouth. So it becomes acute and and. I mean, horrendous. They start talking amongst themselves, and I'm literally just looking out the window at the motorway. <laughs> Finally, we get to Wolverhampton on a Friday Thank night. God, no one's ever been so glad to get to Wolverhampton. Pissing with rain. Yeah. It's like dark afternoon. It's like five in the afternoon or something like that. And uh, Rob tells the driver to stop on the high street, Wolverhampton High Street, right outside Woolworths. So this fucking limousine... <laughs> This is 1978. Yeah, yeah. In Wolverhampton, they'd barely seen a fucking car in 1978, <laughs> let alone a limousine. You've seen Peaky Blinders, yeah. you know, yeah. travelling yeah. around on barges and horses, you know. And um, this limousine pulls up outside Woolies and he goes, uh, right, do you want to come on in? I went, yeah. Okay, so me and Rob, and he's dressed, you know, yeah, he's yeah. metal god. We're walking through Woolies and... Uh, he says, uh, what are you looking for? And I went, just some sweets. <laughs> <laughs> and he points me to yeah. like the pick and mix. He you, goes, didn't, gonna... you didn't say, please, mum, by mistake. Please, 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 
please, please, metal god, may I have some sweeties? So I go to the counter. I'm loading up, you know, the old big old sweet bag with your things. Yeah, pick you put and mix. I'm looking around for Rob, and he's over there. I see him, so I join him, and he, he's he's looking for underpants. <laughs> so he's he's at the men's underwear counter, yeah. and he's literally going, "What do you think of these?" <laughs> I mean, that, at yeah. that age for me, and I think possibly in the world in Britain in those days, but definitely for me, underpants all looked exactly <laughs> yeah. alike. Yeah, they were ugly. They didn't. You didn't introduce them to daylight unless mm. you had to. And I'm like, you know, popping chocolates in my mouth. I'm like, oh. <laughs> Or do you like the stripy yeah, ones? Yeah. I'm like, I don't like any of them that much, yeah. mate. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And. Um, and so I, I did. There was a, a frisson yeah. where I suddenly thought, you know, it's almost like he could be gay. Yeah. And then, of course, don't be ridiculous. Of course he's not gay. So um, anyway, they do the show. It's amazing. And I go back to the dressing room afterwards. And it is like, it's, it, you know, it's silent. It's tense. Because people don't understand, but in those days when you couldn't get a rock band on the radio or the television, uh, the music press was the only yeah. social media, yeah. the only gatekeeper. Um, unless you were a pop group with a big hit single, um, you were an album artist, you absolutely relied on the music press to to, to sell the product for you. And, um, and I just came in going, well, that was amazing, mm. fantastic. And they were like, really i'm like yeah that was great and they went we thought you wouldn't like it and i'm like why because yeah. now i don't know i've done something yeah done something wrong yeah didn't I, like the underpants yeah, yeah clearly i played the underpants mm. and the smarties <laughs> yeah. wrong yeah my woolies moment was a test <laughs> um, a metal test a metal test um but and then uh, we went out that night and uh, rob disappeared <laughs> They were like, where's Rob? Oh, no, he's, you know, gone off with his friend. friend. Shut up! Gone off with his friends. And I'm thinking, oh, he must have f friends in the area, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, but me and Glenn and KK go out, and we end up in this horrendous kind of chicken in a basket. Um, these days it would be a casino or something, yeah. but back then it was just shitty, everybody killing each other, getting drunk at 1 a.m., and Glenn's going to me, he goes, you know, B uh, Midlands accent. He goes, uh, B how do you do a Midlands accent? <laughs> well, it's sort of like... Oh, hey, Midlands, yeah, he yeah. goes, yeah, people think we rock, call me a rock star. He goes, well, yeah, tell us in there, tell us in there, pointing at his pocket. <laughs> tell us in there, I've got fuckle, I've got nothing, nothing. Where's me, where's me pockets, eh? There's me pockets. <laughs> Have a look. Knelt in the knelt. And I'm sitting there thinking... What's he fucking talking about? Yeah. I don't know. I don't even care. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you want to see an empty pocket? Yeah, yeah. Fucking look at I'll mine, write, mate. I write for sounds, mate. How much yeah. money do you think I've got? Yeah. I yeah. write for sounds. I live at home with my mum and dad. <laughs> yeah. So don't fucking tell me yeah. about you're a rock star, but where's the money? Yeah. Yeah. Money! Yeah. But I guess it was just about to come for them. Because it's interesting you mentioned, you know, the sheer importance of that piece. Because at the time, Time of Killing Machine... No hit singles, you no. know. No, no yeah. Was, uh, hang on, that wasn't uh, take take taking on the world or whatever it's called. I think that was, was a was that a hit? Yeah, minor like fourteen. Hit, Not, 14. Okay, 
Yeah, but yeah. probably but, sold but, more to get to number fourteen in those days. Probably, yeah, yeah. But then, but then British Steel comes along next next record, and yeah. and you know, then you have got these yeah. very definite attempts to write three minute songs. You know, breaking the law. Seventy eight was also sorry to jump in there, but as you're saying this, was also when they really as it were unveiled the new image of leather yeah. and metal because yeah. in the 70s there'd been a bit more wishbone ash a bit more kind of led zeppelin on a quiet day frock sleeves yeah that's and, right yeah there was all sad wings of destiny and all yeah, that sort of thing sad yeah wings of yeah, de- yeah stairway to heaven yeah but not yeah yeah, yeah. Um, um yeah no well they, they, i mean again sounds was sort of instrumental in the famous whips over Walsall, wasn't it the when rob came out of his, <laughs> rob came out of his mum's house yeah. in all the gear and you had this great sort of amazing juxtaposition of <gasps> Walsall council house and rob in his uh, you know, who, who would have come gear. up with that? Alan Lewis or Jeff Barton? Maybe Jeff. You know, it's a, it does Whips sound like a classic Walsall. Jeff, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah, love that. Yeah, love that. Yeah, yeah. love that. Because because Rob is was from Walsall, and all these places, Wolverhampton, Walsall, uh, Nottingham, Birmingham, Leicester. It's all what's known as the Midlands, mm. um, and uh, they were all of them originally from the Midlands, and um, they were, they were. I was well, going to say a gang. I don't know about a gang, but they certainly yeah. all came from the same. Well, there's always been this great they? theory, haven't there? Is that you know the music reflected yeah. the, the post-war environment in the middle of England, yeah. which was industrial. Yeah, we, you, in the in the 1970s, socially is a time of tremendous upheaval in the in the United Kingdom. The unions are. Uh, in, immensely powerful, bring down the Heath government, cause a load of, you know, sort of industrial action is constant. You have the three-day week, all of those kind of things. And at the end of the 70s, along comes Margaret Thatcher and begins the process of breaking the union power. So, you know, against this kind of post-industrial, post-war deprived hellscape comes this kind of music and here comes the idea that you know heavy metal is somehow as you sometimes hear it referred to as the white man's blues you know it's coming out of this you know almost toxic environment and this is the way out and so you get this intensity to the music to all of those bands you know sabbath and priest sounded that way for a reason and they can't be divorced you know as much as they're very funny and they're you know they come up with these images and so on they can't be divorced from their environment entirely well rob in the book um uh early on writes about scenes of going to school and the school being next to some horrendous factory that was just yeah. Away day and, and yeah, night. and you would basically be kicked out of school, and yeah. ne- you know, end, end of the you, next week you're in the factory. But if you yeah. watch, you know, episodes of Peaky Blinders, it, it seems to be mixed entire. <laughs> his entire guiding no, social no. history of the Midlands I'm just is saying, reflected through a TV of, show in the UK, which is called Peaky Blinders. Very big all over the world. Yeah, very well, big all yeah. over the world. Those bits where they're walking down the street, <coughs> excuse me, and they go past the foundry. Mm. It was always extraordinary for me to realise that, that this was a depiction of what life was like in the early 20th century in the Midlands. Because there's flames yeah, shooting that's right, out. Yeah. Well, there's the, I mean, bang, you know, you bang. Were, yeah, ba- yeah. It's like a bloody priest it, concert. Well, you were, you were sort of talking earlier about um, 
Rob and, and Priest bringing the, you know, celebrating the term heavy metal, using it as something to write about. I mean, I always thought there is this one of the many theories about where the name originates and where the etymology is, is from this sort of, it's like a, fa- you know, foundry. it's like a foundry, a yeah. furnace, you yeah. know, the way that, that, that you know, no, no, um, you know, no, mistake that the album's called British Steel which yeah. plays to you know yeah. in the in the 1970s in England British Steel was a huge conglomerate you know an industrialized industry yeah absolutely that's, that's sorry yeah, a, nas- and you, and a nationalized industry on the cutlery and yeah things, that's right yeah British Steel because yeah, it, it was a nationalized industry and so it had this great pun you know it was a wonderful pun if you lived in England and understood the pun that it was British Steel and British Steel, you know, and... and uh, I'll tell you what, it's a great title as well, because at that moment, the new wave of British yeah, heavy metal... Yeah, yeah, ...was All these things ascendant. are coalescing, yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I think one of the great things about Rob and Priest and, and Glenn and KK is that they were never uh, shy about grasping an opportunity. Mm. Um so I mean I'm, I'm I'm skipping, but you know we mentioned Turbo, yeah, synthesizers. Well, that's well, that's what we should talk about next because of all of those bands, those you know the new wave of British heavy metal bands, the two that leap ahead and really make a success of it in America, are Priest and Iron Maiden. And Iron Maiden is you know I say a success. They were having what gold albums, you know, which yeah. is yeah. It's, I mean that's five hundred thousand copies. It, it's not to be sniffed at. It's not. But Priest go out there. And Priest actually make that jump into being an American stadium rock band. In fairness, they had been going out. I mean, there'd been this long build-up. I mean, they mm. come from the era where a record company would let you release five albums, yeah. none yeah, of which yeah. do shit. Yeah. But maybe the next one yeah. will. Yeah. Um, and that that's what happened. But you're right. Now, all I was going to say in terms of opportunism is that by the time you get to Turbo, ZZ Top, a year before, have just had this absolute game-changing album mm. eliminator which we now know there are no live drums on that we now know all the synthesizers and guitars with billy gibbons all the vocals and that it becomes you know zz top who are absolutely epitomized this group from texas that were realer than real you know authentic the guys carried pistols you know yeah. um those cowboy hats were real and they become these unlikely pioneers of, of um, synth- synthesized yeah. metal. And Priest, I think, see that as their opportunity to broaden as well. And they do Turbo, Turbo Lover. But back in 1980, um, they'd been around since the early 70s, but they somehow are able to align themselves. Yeah. Yeah. With being one of the new, can you give the pug a kick or something? Being one of the new breed the new breed of British heavy metal bands, um, and 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 what single "Living After Midnight"? That's yeah. still the, one of the greatest rock songs yeah. of all time. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I'm pretty sure but, they had ta- 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 one, one thing. One thing I want to mention at this point, and it's really worth checking out if you want to ever see a great period, early 1980s period piece. Is there's a film called Heavy Metal Parking Lot. Right, if you've ever seen it, it's only 50 minutes long and it, it's I can't remember what year it's filmed. in. It's either very late 70s or I think early 1980s. And it is filmed in the parking lot before a Judas Priest gig somewhere in middle America. 
and it's a fantastic film it's a piece of social history and you, you you never see the show you never see priest all you know is these kids are there to see judas priest and if you want to see what life was actually like in the <laughs> early 1980s in america it's really worth watching it's on youtube and it's terrific. It's, you know, really. And these kids are just there to rock. You know, in America, there's this great tradition of going to a gig early, lowering your tailgate on yeah, your get four a keg by four, of beer. Get a keg of beer and you're in the parking lot. Get your girlfriend uh, yeah. to take her top yeah, off. Yeah, absolutely. That and, was normal. and you have a sort of four or five hour party before the gig starts. And that's what this film is about. Heavy metal parking lot. Check yeah, it out. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm literally here doing that as I'm pretending to speak to you. Um, I agree, and and um, I mean, but back to Rob. I think if it hadn't been for Rob, KK, Glenn, all of them would never have adopted that that suit of not suit of armor, but you know the the studded thing. Yeah, I mean, it yeah. was in the air. Maiden definitely were going there. Motorhead were going there, but Judas Priest turned it into like a a Star Wars franchise. Yeah, so they turned it into. Uh, not not a kind of I'm I'm kind of casual uh, you know I'm I'm pretty fucking daring dude don't mess they turn it into we are terminators from yeah. the future yeah we yeah. are cybermen we are we are metal well, I mean, gods you, you, it, that this is around the time that again the way they tap into that this is around the time of terminator and all yeah. those things isn't it you're getting this very well it's actually slightly, pre it's pre-terminator you're getting this kind of futuristic slightly sci-fi thing creeping yeah. into the culture yeah. and they're sensing that they're yeah. using that again using it very cleverly what was the name of not the little r2d2 the tall robot i don't know I, I, i'm in not star a star wars. wars type person don't, don't lie don't, don't lie. lie you're sitting there in your wookie yeah. costume wookie for halloween hole. i've been up a wookie so <laughs> No, the, I don't know the, about Star Wars. You know the one I mean. The, a yeah, but the two, there's the two little robots. The, the Green little, Cross Code Man, you mean? In in real life. Yeah. But let's not talk about real. Don't harsh my <laughs> mellow by talking about real life. There's a big Wookie leap. lover. There's a big leap between Star Wars, which was a bloke in a costume, and <laughs> and Arnold Schwarzenegger as the Terminator, mate. Well, I think. Let me tell I you think about there's Arnold, an argument. You know. There's an argument to go. Okay. What you know? Not R two D two. The other one. The I don't tall know what they speak. Okay, well that I've guy, that robot, it. that robot. There's a link between him. Yeah. Darth Vader. <laughs> the Terminator. Yeah. There's a missing link, and do you know who that missing link is? God, you're going to tell me. Rob Halford. Yeah. yeah. He's Rob the, Halford. Because actually, he did. He did then start because I think he. Uh, he accepted the fact he was losing his hair somewhat, didn't he? CP three O. Sorry, go on. Losing his hair. Yeah, because he used he, he had quite long hair. He to didn't start lose his hair. He cut he his shed hair. it. Then he cut his hair. He shed his hair like he a snake skin. He shed, shed it like it. a he gets, metal so he goes, skin. So he goes bald, and he goes the sunglasses. You know, all of a sudden, every time you see him, he's got the the metallic shades, doesn't he? So yeah. he's starting to look like this fucking robot thing, you know. And he's got this uniform. And his stage so, movements yeah. became much more yeah. kind of yeah, yeah, militaristic yeah. Well, he, almost, he, or martial arts. He'd or... still come on on the bike, wouldn't he? Because everyone wanted to see yeah. him come oh, on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Gingerly sort of coming <laughs> on the side of the stage. Two roadies in yeah, the back yeah, pushing, pushing it. Oh, yeah, you, you legally, you, you actually can't start the engine. <laughs> Just pushing and him a on. Whip, you know. And a whip in yeah, his hand. Yeah, Don't forget that. all of that stuff. Amazing, yeah. Don't forget that. Oh, yeah. no, that, but, but that's 
theatre. And and the vo- and then let's say the voice. I mean, he, you know, he developed this kind of percussive way of singing. So he'd have a low voice. Yeah. And he'd and that would be the kind of narrative voice. Be, yeah. You know, he coming up Yeah. But then you get course, and he'd suddenly go up into yeah. the stratosphere. Yeah. You know. Your man had not range. To range. I think I might recreate it by treading on the pug, which I'm not going to do. <laughs> but that's the only way. You know, he's up where only dogs can hear him. He know? is. He yeah. is. And and uh, and the music goes with him. Yeah. So, um, I mean, some of the all, my all time personal all time favorite uh, priest numbers, like you got another thing coming. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. You got another thing going. Yeah. Yeah. They always get the extra little flourish. Yeah. 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 It was all great. So they had this tremendous period through the 80s. Which they designed. I mean, this is built in the studio. Built in the lab by Dr. Halford. Um, and and they, Frankenstein but they, but they managed to stand apart from, you, you know, you get this great wash coming through of hair yeah. metal and then Guns and Roses and then grunge and all of yeah. those things. For the most part, priests yeah. survived that yeah. and just stood as this entity on their own. Well, they were they were um, revered. I mean, yeah. um, uh, obvi- obvious places like Maiden. Um, I think not so much Steve Harris. Always had a bit of a bee in his bonnet about priest, fucking hell. Um, but the guitarists definitely yeah. saw the value well, of priest. But when you get to, um, I know you can Queen, say Queen's right. Uh, oh yeah, absolutely. I thought you were going to say Pantera, who were another band. Who well, they they going. well wow, they loved. In yeah. fact, I think um, didn't they end up touring I, and doing a little bit of work together? Yeah, and, Halford worked with, uh, with um, Phil Anselmo. Yeah, yeah. Um, Megadeth, the yeah. grunger, Megadeth, Slayer, Metallica, particularly Dave Mustaine, loved yeah. Judas Priest. And in fact, one of the tours I was on in America in the very early 90s was the Priest slash Megadeth tour. Wow, that would have could not have got that more metal. Been, that was a heavy metal bill. You could not have got yeah. more metal. And... Um, and it was very metal. Uh, Mustaine's band had just done Rust in Peace yeah. or something. So it's already something metal. Something like that. And uh, one of the tracks was about something about your metal brain and yeah. all this stuff. And they were amazing, amazing. And then Priest would come yeah. on. And you realised yeah. you couldn't even remember who'd opened the show. But he was wearing a jacket, Rob was, a jacket at that point. And afterwards he said feel that and i i went to you know, put it in my arms and i nearly hit the deck apparently it weighed about 20 pounds or yeah. something 50 pounds i think he said and he'd done the whole gig in that yeah i mean that would keep you fit doing two hours of prancing around in that and hitting the notes hitting the high notes and having a metal yeah. brain yeah yeah and the sunglasses and all the rest of it yeah yeah, yeah. but then he sort of I suppose, I don't know how you define the next kind of period. Is he, he leaves Priest briefly. You know, he leaves Priest. I haven't had a chance to fully read the book yet. I'm guessing there's some kind of crisis going on 
he semi-embraces grunge. He has the Fight Project. He has a couple of other projects, doesn't he? He wants to go off and work with these younger guys who've come along, as you, as you say, right, you know, revered him. But now he wants to kind of redefine himself as a musician in those terms. And I think that's the only time in his career he not sort of fully embracing. Well, I think if you, if you read the book... Um uh there's a period in the 80s when they're at their height um and rob is completely off the rails yeah. um i mean he was already a very outre gay man and although they didn't um make a big deal of it in the pre-mobile phone pre-internet pre know everything about everybody all the time era um because of the nature of the band and the nature of the magazines that would cover them, it just what you just never really said to mm. me. Oh, by the way, you're gay, of course. Mm. You know, or how does that affect? It just wasn't broached. You either knew and you were one of the gang, yeah. or you didn't know. And it well, didn't I mean, matter. it's his right not to say if he didn't want to say. There's, you know, no, absolutely. But as a as a very out gay man, he was. Um, enjoying every minute of every day and and the book is really honest about this about his endless hookups yeah in the toilets of the world basically anywhere there's a toilet yeah. between 1980 and 1990 <laughs> likely you'll yeah. find robin there with a dear friend of his yeah, yeah. a young friend yeah he's also very honest about the huge amounts of coke and crack and booze um, it, it, he really does hit rock bottom at a certain point and end up in rehab. But Rob, uh, Rob, he's in Met, Rob Rob's Hab. metal Rob. Yeah, he's beyond rehab. He's in Rob. <laughs> <laughs> when you've really fucked up, you're in Rob. Screaming for vengeance. <laughs> Screaming Looking for, for a painkiller yeah. in Rob. Yeah. <laughs> So, but what? See, all that stuff is, you know, kind of grist for the mill. I mean, it's great yeah. that he's had the guts to lay it all out. Yeah, um, it is. You know, but, fair play to him, absolutely. Because, but the thing that really impressed me was, yeah, mega rock star goes off the rails, spends shitloads of money, <laughs> fucks all the wrong people. God, I've never heard. That never before. heard of that one before. <laughs> yeah, and and plus, we all just read the Elton biog, so yeah. you know. Yeah. He was Rocket Man, and Rob was um, uh, I, I don't know. I can't think of a suitably inappropriate. Uh, <laughs> you've got Rocket Analogy. Man and Pocket Man, yeah, I suppose. Yeah. But um, so so good, good. Okay, good. I'm glad he was honest about that and just didn't give us a boring old heavy metal bio. But the thing that uh, actually going back to this going with, back to this strange time, you know, where he and then he's with fighting out of priests. Well, no, no, then, no, no, no. I'm going to stop you there. No, sorry, I'm going I thought I thought that's where you were going. No, so no, I'm no. I'm just trying to help you. No, no, I'm I appreciate. No, no, I appreciate. I know you're inexperienced. It's like, I'm like, <laughs> you know, I'm sort of like good old Frank. No, no, helping no. You along, God bless you, know. you. God bless. I'm like your yeah. metal brain yeah. is, is overworking. <laughs> um, no, what I'm trying to say is, see, having read the book, unlike yeah. people that have just, you know, just downloaded a fucking oh, page read the or first two. first bit on Amazon. Yeah. Yes, very nice. Um, he talks about the albums they were working on at that point and how the albums suffer. And and he, and, I, and it, it rings true because he doesn't just kind of go, oh, the album, no, unfortunately, mm. I fucked up. He's just telling it matter of fact. And how many albums have they made at this point? Eight, nine, who knows? And he just can't be fucking arsed anymore. Yeah. 
he's 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 richer than than God, than metal God. Yeah. He is a metal God. He's a gay metal God, and no one cares. He's just pushing it to the max, and um, and the records suffer, and the live performances suffer. And even though he's aware of it, he's not angsting about it. It's just, you know, it's just, it's like you've been in a job a long time. And, yeah. And occasionally you have to phone it in. Yeah. And, yeah. and you don't kind of think, well, in 30 years, people will be looking at what I did today and going, yeah, yeah, true. It wasn't as good yeah. in the canon as the, you yeah, know. Yeah. And of course, the rest get pissed off. He starts going missing. What, uh, he, he cancels sessions or. Wants studios booked so he can be nearer some bloke, and it just turns into I was going to say tremendous pain in the ass. Yeah. Um, but for the others, tremendous pleasure in the ass for Rob, <laughs> tremendous pain in the ass for everybody else in the band, every other metal god. And I think they just got sick of him. Uh, I, I mean, what band doesn't get sick yeah. of the fucking singer? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I, I I don't know what the the the, the, the breaking point was the the um, straw that broke the camel's back, but I think that's why they fell apart. But I also think what you're talking about in the '90s, I see that I saw it at the time as Rob using this as an as an opportunity to kind of reset yes. his story. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think it was so much as. Um, wanting to draw a line under no, the past no, no. he wanted to to yeah it was quite to a, grow it was he wanted mu- to grow it was, yeah it was musically adventurous he was embracing these new and he was in styles of and music. he was in a wasn't he in a pink feather boa when he gave the press conference announcing he was gay i i don't remember that perhaps that's a false memory I've had is, i don't see i, I don't to, i was trying to remember and i remember it was about the same time i remember you know obviously working on the story of rob and also roddy bottom from faith no more and i can't remember which one said first because i think we made a big deal of you know ah, oh, okay finally someone has said that they're gay that they're gay in heavy metal and i've got a feeling roddy said it first but i i Roddy Bottom. Yeah, Roddy, another another man hiding in plain sight. So, you know. <laughs> but but he did, but he definitely was was around the same time as as, as Rob Halford, I'm sure. Which is bizarre uh, when you think. Well, I just mean, think it was the changing climate to a degree. Oh no, definitely. But yeah. you know, growing up in the seventies, every rock star was gay. And yeah. if they weren't, they yeah. pretended they, they to pretend- be. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah. Bowie, I'm yeah. bisexual. Yeah. Mark Bolan had been a rent boy. Yeah. Um, Elton, Elton, uh, he got married. I mean, to please his mum or whatever. Absolutely, but, you know. that went well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Elton was. I mean, I, I, I could have sworn Elton gave openly gay interviews in the early seventies. Yeah. Freddie Mercury never did, but the but band was called Queen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. for fuck's yeah. sake! Yeah. Um, yeah. And he wrote operettas. Yeah. You know, yeah. I see you. Yeah. And, and you scare out calling out, you know. man. I mean, he, the, but the thing was, I think you could you could meet Rob. And I, I mean, this is absolutely, you know, in a club. Th- this is no comment at all on you know, the way anyone should be. You could meet Rob, and you wouldn't necessarily, you know, you wouldn't necessarily know for sure that he was gay if he didn't have all the stuff on. I mean, you could meet Freddie Mercury, and it'll be all. Darling, you know, giving you a kiss. So there was that kind of, you know, very 
ultra camp element that you know probably but it was queen that was rob's big influence yeah i, I mean do you remember yeah. when freddie had the whole new york policeman uh oh yeah, oh, yeah the hat and all the rest which was of like yeah, 77 yeah. 78 yeah rob said to me that first time we met that um he didn't say it directly but as soon as he said it i was like oh, of course yeah i was like what what's your favorite band what do you listen mm. to and he's like oh queen and i went yeah. all right yeah, now yeah, i yeah, yeah. Yeah. but because but I think there was this, and again, it goes back to yeah, because United Bottom. was like we will rock you. Yeah, it was a lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you go back to uh, to Roddy again, there, there was a kind of barrier in heavy metal that, as you say, didn't exist in other, which is ridiculous because heavy metal is the, is, campest, is the gayest, gayest rock I mean, music. You, I'm sorry yeah, to break this yeah, to yeah, you. It is kids, I mean, you know, mincing around West Hollywood in chapless pants and <laughs> your hair up to here and makeup in in it with an invented name there's, there, or you know, in roddy's case folks there's nothing not bothering that, yeah, to invent yeah. a name but i mean faith them all weren't a, you know they were more of an arty type band i mean you could yeah. get away with it in yeah. faith not that you need to get away with it but in faith them more you, it wasn't so again, a shock to yeah. discover I mean, they were all no, gay no exactly but it, <laughs> that's what you're saying am i right but that's you know, what you're if you saying. were in, I don't know, let's pull a name out of it. If you were in Warrant or Poison, it was probably a slightly different matter, you know. Um, and so I think that that barrier broke at that point. Yeah. It was around that time but, they both said that. But and, Halford and, uh, suffered, though, in the 90s for that, didn't he? It did, rather than bring him um, on a par with Cobain mm, or people mm. like that, it seemed to me that it just alienated your hardcore priest audience and Rob is now left in this netherworld of nine-inch nails type stuff yeah. where it's perfectly good what he's doing. But because he is so long established as the metal god of yeah. priest, you know, in, in the horrible way of the way the business works, is he's not allowed to become something different. And I think quite quickly, he's in many ways, he's back in the closet. Yeah, yeah. Because... Um, it became a kind of the only thing people would talk to him about. And and he wasn't winning. I mean, Fight was a kind of a retreat from his original musical exploration. Fight became a kind of, a, I was going to say, a rearguard action. Mm. Um, but I do mean that in a very straight way. God, this is not coming this is, out. This is bad. This is so not working. Yeah. Okay. I don't mean any of that in a, in a sarcastic or ironic yeah. or piss-taking way. What I mean is... I think Fight was a great rock band. And mm. I think he was, in the same way that Bruce Dickinson, after having tried to do all kinds of other things outside of Maiden, comes back with a yeah. really strong metal album, yeah. which becomes the stepping stone to him getting back to Maiden. I think Fight was the stepping stone that got Rob, Rob back to, yeah, to back Priest. To Priest yeah. um, so I think the coming out thing, I don't think it did, in terms of his career at that time, did it any good Mm. whatsoever no I mean it was probably just a you know almost a rite of passage that okay, he probably this was is, sick this of is, lying yeah, about yeah, it yeah this is now fully acknowledged yeah you know and, and I think in the end it, it now you know having I mean I guess it'll come up again because of his book and as you say he's been incredibly honest in his book but now it's like a kind of shrug of the shoulders thing isn't it it doesn't impact mm. on yeah. well on, but I mean um, uh, I it doesn't, it doesn't. I, In the same way that I love Freddie's campness, mm. I love Rob Halford's campness. It's slightly more muscle man guy that gets on top kind of uh, 
um, metalness. Yeah, dominatrix. Domi- there you yeah, go. There you go. Like the that. dominator. Yeah, he is a bit. Yeah. I am the dominator. Yeah. Dominator. Yeah, yeah. dominator! Imagine the yeah the door opening and steps doing all his all the gear, all the gear oh, with fuck. a whip yeah, in his yeah, hand. Think, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I mean, I just think immediately of Robert Maplethorpe. Yes, and, and that famous a, yeah. picture of men with whips up their arse. Yeah. Um, I can imagine Rob with a whip up his arse. <laughs> While yeah. singing, you got another thing coming. <laughs> da, yeah, da. Yeah, now I yeah. say that, and I'm obviously making isn't, a little isn't bit there, of a joke. Um, but but I'm at the same of, time, I'm thinking, thinking of the, the TV your... show Californication. At some point, don't they go off on a riffer? There's some tremendous, there's some closeted gay actor who plays the part of Rob Halford in a thing. And he wears the cap and the. And they and he, he mimes to another thing coming. No. Yes. There this is. I must see. There is. You should see. It's very funny. Yeah. As an yeah. ardent Californication yeah, fan. I can't remember the exact. It's the, the bit where where the agent is pretending to be gay because he wants the signature of the oh. the, the, the movie star who actually is, is gay, gay right. but he's closeted but comes out of the closet in this kind of and the way they signify it is he's, he's dressed like Halford you know he's got the leather jacket and the cap and they play and you've they, got another you've thing got coming you've got another thing coming uh, yeah it's really? great yeah it's really good I'm going to look that so up so it kind of zipped into the culture I mean I think he- yeah, on, he- heavy metal parking lot heavy metal parking lot Californication I would say check those things out the thing I was going to say is that he's, also it's worth remembering how big Priest were. I mean, oh, I remember absolutely that when it hit home to me, when Painkiller came out, there was a beano of a trip. And it was one of those good old organised by... Uh, your Priest were managed by Bill Kerbishley, who was a top-notch... Character. Ca- a character, as they say. And I, I, he also managed The Who, yeah. Robert Plant, yeah, yeah. Led Zeppelin Heavyweight for a brief guy, time. Heavyweight yeah. guy, had been to prison... For yeah. a crime he did not but do. He did not. He, he didn't do well, it. Weirdly, I can, I can, I can absolutely guarantee you that. And it's yeah. very strange connection. In that, years later, I was writing something about unlicensed boxing, and I went to see a man called Roy Shaw. I went to see a geezer. Yeah, and Roy Shaw was Roy a famous Shaw. unlicensed boxer in there. Pretty Boy was his nickname. That's it, wasn't it? Didn't he Pretty end up in the Boy Guy Ritchie Shaw. movie, Lockstock? And no, that was the other, that was his great rival, whose name was Lenny McLean, who oh, was yeah. the governor. The governor. And Lenny McLean and Roy Shaw had this intense... Pretty, pretty Roy pretty, Shaw, pretty Lenny boy, the governor. Pretty Boy Roy Shaw and Lenny the governor were always fighting each other in some terrible... Bout, you know, where one of them will win and one of them. And it was like the Bash Street kids, you know, fucking, I fucking done him. So I jumped up and I done him back. It was all that sort of thing. But Roy Short, so I was going to interview Roy Shaw. He goes to me, he says, Come to my house. I was all right then. He lived way out in Essex somewhere. That's amazing. Of course enough. he lived in Essex. He goes, uh, And this is back in the day. Again, this is before sort of sat navs and mobile phones and all the rest of it. He goes, I'll stand in my garden so you know where he is. <laughs> so, Roy, it might take me two hours to get there. doesn't matter, I'll be standing in my garden. <laughs> and he was and he was brilliant. And he invited me in and he laid all these press clippings. He was once on the cover of Time Out. It was a picture of Roy Shaw, still the hardest man in London, wow. was the headline. It was amazing. Wow. And then we got talking about his early life. And he'd been a boxer and he'd fallen in with the wrong crowd. And he did this armed robbery. And he was describing what had happened and everything. And he said to me at one point, he goes, of course, we all went on trial. We all got done. 
and he goes, uh, little Bill, who was with us, he goes, he wasn't even there. And he got and he, and he got done and he'd done his sentence like a man or something. He put it in that he'd way. He'd done his time. Yeah, he'd, like, basically, he didn't squeal. Didn't he didn't squeal. say it wasn't me. He no. just did obeyed the criminal code. Yeah. And and went down for it, and Roy went down for it. All the other people on the on the armed robbery went down for it. It was just this small bloody part of Roy's shame. Life. It was but a I didn't, shame. I didn't realise till after who he meant, and I realised when Bill I looked Kirbishley. up Little Bill, he meant Bill Kirbishley. And so from from the the mouth of the guy who was on the robbery, so Bill Kirbishley wasn't on the robbery. But Bill, anyway, Bill, Bill told me a great story once about you know we we talked about Don Arden in the episode yeah, about yeah, managers. Don yeah. was scary, you know. And uh, Bill said to me, yeah, fuck it. When I was working on Don's book, I was talking to Bill, and he goes, um, he goes, yeah, Don Arden, he's a fucking joke. He goes, he rang me once. He said, I'll be over there with, I can't remember his, his you know, mad Frankie or whatever his name is. <laughs> he goes, is that right? Is that right, Don? Well, if, <laughs> if it's you doing the dishing, I ain't worried. <laughs> I can believe that fully. I can absolutely believe that. And so, and so, I suppose the point I was going to make is priests were really incredibly well managed, as you say. Kirbishly had great experience. You know, he had Robert Plant. He had the Who. Yeah. So he's used great to, manager. yeah, he's used to managing big yeah. bands, big yeah. rock bands. He yeah. knows how to do it. Yeah. So we got off on this Beano for painkiller, and they'd hired a plane to to fly us to a plane killer. A plane. We're going on the plane killer. To we're only going to Spain. We're going for the day. Right. Spain, yeah. Mob, we, a, a light, crafty, yeah, cockney yeah. We, day out going, in Marbella. We, we were going to Marbella. <laughs> Even better than Marbella, we were going to Puerto Banus, which is like the kind of the slightly villainous but dripping with gold capital of Marbella. Did you, you say know. slightly? <laughs> it is the you know, number yeah. one. Every, every third bloke you see, he's got sort of seven eyes. He's looking at you through them, you know. I, you but, didn't, yeah. I wasn't here. You didn't yeah, see you, me. Yeah, you didn't see me, all right? <laughs> They're all in, But it's incredibly moneyed, you know. So, oh, so we get we get to wherever it was, Gatwick or whatever, like, you know, 6.30 in the morning. Jane Andrews, who was priest's sort of factotum, you know. And still is. Still, still is. is. They, the manager of the band. Yeah, so... Uh, I think she, yeah, she kind of uh, under worked under Bill to. Uh, she certainly did. Yeah, and uh, we get. To, and Glenn. Yeah, there was there was, it was a classic lag stay out. There was, uh, if I mention some of the names, obviously Ray Palmer, oh, the late, yeah, the, the late, late, the late, much lamented, lamented much loved Ray Palmer, yeah. Paul Elliott, myself, Chris Welch, <laughs> God. and uh, we get to the get to the airport like six thirty in the morning, and it's like booze you know when they do that thing where it's like booze straight away and yeah. some people love it I've yeah. just woken up and I'm like, I can't face that Jane it's very kind of you but I really don't want a champagne breakfast at least till we're in the air you yeah know? so we're fly over then she Jane comes around and gives us all a tape of of painkiller uh, back in the days of tape. I put it on and it's like painkiller they come back with this incredibly he- I can't remember if it's, is it after Rob rejoins or whatever I can't it was just before he left or just after he came back I think it was just before he left yeah wasn't so it? they make this incredibly heavy album you know it's called painkiller Pain so the first song is painkiller and yeah. it's got these the word that I mentioned earlier that he'd made up to like paramatalize or something <laughs> I put this on a, on the plane at about six thirty in the morning, going to Marbella, you know, and uh, it comes on. It's like is that pain killer, and it's oh, it was you know. So we get filling to, you with yeah, pain, filling me with joy at the thought of a whole day ahead of this. 
and uh, and Welchie was sitting quite near me and he's going for it with the old champagne as lots of people were you know because it's a beano it's a day out we get to um, I think we landed somewhere near Benidorm and then you drive off down that coast road in Spain and you sort of go through Benidorm which is like the crappy tourist bit. and then you get to Mar- Marbs you know and then you get to Puerto <laughs> Benus and they'd hired this hotel to do the stuff and it was honestly it was beautiful it had a gorgeous old stone church in the hotel that was there. Like a lot of elderly people lived in the hotel, mm. and they had this because you know, it was a very Catholic area. They had this lovely Catholic church and all that. So we're doing the waiting to do the interviews, but obviously there's like loads of us, a plane full of us, and there's only one band. So we're all sitting around the pool waiting to do our interview. And research, uh, Chris, yeah, Chris, making notes. Chris Welch goes to me. He goes. Uh, he goes, oh, yes, I suppose I'd better listen to the album, haven't I? <laughs> and we're by the pool on these loungers. And I was watching him, you know, and he puts his headphones on and this, you know, painkiller starts, like, is that pain? And well, she's going, oh, and his eyes start to close. <laughs> and he falls fast asleep by the pool, <laughs> listening to painkiller, you know. Jane Andrews walking around like, oh, staring down. Oh, he's fallen asleep while listening to the priest, you know. Very funny. He's well, lucky that yeah. she didn't order it. Probably throw him in the pool. Yeah, yeah that was his first Wake and up, last trip. It was only because he was so revered as a sort of you know long time. Well, he was because he was from yeah. the sixties. But yeah. by the time you're talking about, oh, he, he was like an old. Yeah, he, he was, was like yeah. an old. He still he still brilliant stories. He he asked one of the best questions I've e- ever heard anyone. He told me this story after he went. One of the first things Jeff sent him to do when he when he came to Kerrang was go and interview Wasp. <laughs> And uh, you can imagine, can't you, Welchie turning up to you? Oh, uh, hello, 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 chaps. Uh, hello, chaps. How, how are you? And uh, I used to know Jimmy Hendrix. Goes, goes, yeah, yeah. Blackie Lawless is there, and he had the cob piece on. You know the fucking. He had of course chainsaw, he did. See, chainsaw Blackie, cod piece. Blackie was also very yeah. metal. Let's yeah. not. Blackie was. Uh, let's not forget yeah, that. Yeah. So he's got this chainsaw cod piece that he's wearing for some video or whatever it was. And Chris goes to him, he goes, oh, no, he goes tell me, Blackie, he goes, oh, how do you sit down in that? <laughs> <laughs> and Blackie Lawless, goes, Blackie Lawless turns around and goes to him, you know what, he goes, I've got a special chair that's got a slit cut in it so I can sit down backstage. <laughs> yeah. Great question that, you know, you wouldn't have asked. Now, I, I, that's it, that prompts me to <clears throat> wonder if Rob would have had a special chair or possibly, I think, you know, like, did you ever watch... Um, uh, the Voyager franchise of Star Trek. No, no. Uh, I, Again, you're asking me about I, Star Trek. I don't know no, no, anything about Star, Star Wars. Trek. No, no, Star Wars, rubbish. Okay. Star Trek, no, that's okay. that's real. I I, that's yeah, real. William Shatner, I remember that. Well, that was the original. Yeah. I'm talking well, that about... that was the only... Sort of, uh, no, the original no, and the best, no, 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 no. Voyager was, was far and above one okay. of the best. Mm. The great enemy in Voyager was the Borg. <laughs> And the Borg spaceships were these cubes. Not beyond Borg. <laughs> Funny you should say that. I'm pretty sure they were <laughs> yeah, named yeah, after him because yeah. they were completely emotionless machines. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, they would that send... Would, he was probably more likely to be cyborg than beyond Borg. But anyway, let's no, not No, I'm pretty sure it was beyond Borg. No, I'm yeah. pretty... Because Borg was pretty metal. He was, yeah. Um, he was a machine. He was a killing machine. So the Borg... The first hailing sign you would get is, you know, we are the Borg. <laughs> yeah. You'll be assimilated. Yeah. They always tell you shit like that, don't they? It's like well, they, 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 they never try to lure you into a false sense of security. It's right. like, we have assumed control of your planet. 
to well, dare to die. Nice priest. They don't come on and <laughs> yeah. go, I love you, yeah. you love me. Oh, how happy yeah. we will be. Dong, 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 dong. Now they come on with, boom, 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 boom. We're going to kill you. And fuck you too. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so the Borg didn't sleep. They literally, they literally would step backwards into like a control system and stand there like this <laughs> and they would charge and they'd be charging, right? Now, I'm pretty yeah, sure that's, that's what, what Rob do. had backstage. Yeah, 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 probably, yeah, yeah. In the, in, yeah. In the, in the heyday of yeah. the priest, yeah. um, Borg Halford, oh, sorry, gave away his real name. Rob Halford would be just into the mainframe, yeah. Yeah. So um. Oh, yeah. So yeah. So uh, Blackie had a special Blackie chair. Was very, but very, very, so well, Rob had a cube-shaped yeah. uh, interstellar craft dome. Yeah. But we'll get, finally go and interview Rob Halford and ask him about the made-up word. You know. And I wish I could remember what he said. He had this sort of tremendously funny tongue-in-cheek reply. Oh, you know, or something. it was almost like a carry-on reply. <laughs> right. You know. It was very funny, and that was the first time I'd interviewed him. And I th- and he was just struck me as as clever and funny. And He's a smart cookie. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what, a very nice man. Yeah, uh, yeah, decent. You know, under, underneath all the, the madness take, of having we been... We take the mickey, but mm. i tell you what, um, when I used to do a, a podcast called Dead Rock Stars, my I, compadre... I don't, I don't like to discuss that. No. It's before no. my time. Before your time. <laughs> It's like talking about the first wife to the second. Yeah, it's to like, the younger, yeah. prettier. It's like, you know, yeah. The younger, prettier second wife. Yeah. <laughs> who comes in when the husband's yeah. got all the money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, almost like that. Um, but he always used to say to me, we'd be talking about someone, a dead person, and he'd say, but, but was he a nice guy? I used mm, to get so good. impatient with that question. No. And I would say, None of them are fucking nice guys. <laughs> yeah. Do you not get it yeah. yet? Of course yeah. he wasn't fucking nice. He's yeah. a complete wanker. You know, Rob Halford, I make an exception. Yeah. A genuinely nice man. Very intelligent. Mm. Very lovely to speak to. Fucking talented. Still yeah. got a great voice. And you look at what he created. I mean, Glenn and KK, great musicians. You know, they, 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 could, have, they could have been in all kinds of different bands. But they happened to have Rob, and Rob moulded Judas Priest into the yeah. titanic yeah. metal gods yeah. that they became, became and still are. Um, so uh, while we're making fun, we always make fun of everybody. But Rob, um, I got special time for Rob. He's a really great guy, a really great artist. And you think what he's been through, I mean, the kind of... Um, laughing behind your hands, yeah. Or making imagine what that was jokes. like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Initially, um, yeah. Especially the world he came from. I mean, he was, yeah. I mean, I mean Freddie came from an art school, yeah, entitled yeah. education. Well, as you everybody say, everybody else yeah. in Queen had done degrees yeah, yeah, at university. Like, yeah. Had you, you know. been on the fringes of, as you say, art rock or whatever, it, you know, it was a completely different thing. But heavy metal from the Midlands, know, nine, from the Midlands, nineteen seventies. I mean, Rob was probably the very first gay man that ever came out of the Midlands, if you think about it. <laughs> Sure, because there was. weren't any before him. No, there no, weren't any. Not. He was but, a one of a kind. But what he got and what he has now, which is terrific, and I hope he enjoys it. I'm sure he does. Is this sort of late career sweet spot, which you often get when you when you've been yeah. a sort of legendary performer and you've stuck to your guns, yeah. and you come through it. You get to this point where you become revered for for having done that and Absolutely. having been through that. 
and he's at this point now where you know he's sung in Black Sabbath, which was hilarious. You know, there was it's someone was ill on the day or something, and all of a sudden, who can we get? You know, well, priests are playing with Sabbath. Rob comes out and does a Sabbath gig. You know, and it's amazing he can do that. You yeah. know, and who wouldn't who wouldn't want to have seen that yeah. as a one off? And you, you know? know, you'd have done an amazing job because he'd have done a fantastic job. Yeah, and he did, and, you know, priest did one of my favourite priest albums. They did Nostradamus, yeah. which was this ridiculous yeah. concept. But isn't album. that wonderful? But it was brilliant. Of course you know, it, was. it was. Brilliant. Of course oh, it was. Nostradamus. I saw him at Victoria Park. Went to see him in Victoria Park. Priest did. And talking of, he came on in all the gear and 50 pound jackets. He had to virtually be helped on. Right. Because he had this huge sort of leather cape. Right. Nostradamus <laughs> cape. And he had a hood. So you could, I mean. <laughs> You couldn't see, you couldn't see who it was, but obviously it was fucking Rob. You know, he's got this big hood on, and he's got a trident. You know, like a huge <laughs> steel trident. What a fucking guy! It was amazing, guy. and they start with this. I am Nostradamus, da, 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 and the hood comes off. Yeah, and, like, yeah, it's yeah. Off. and you just think. This is heavy metal. Yeah. This is what it's all about. This is what we love. It's just ridiculous. It's brilliant. It's over the top. It's, it's mad, but it's great. You it's know. great. And the reason it works is because it was wholehearted. Again, it was, yeah, it it's was, slightly funny, but it was wholeheartedly done. Completely. And also, I mean, of course it's funny. It's like football supporters, you know, whether you happen to be an Arsenal supporter or whatever team you support... You tell funnier jokes about that team yeah, than anybody then, else yeah, will. That's right. You, you yeah, really yeah. know the yeah. where the fun is to yeah, be had. Yeah. Um, uh, and so I think Rob um, has really done a fantastic job of 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 not only being camp, but recognizing that that's a little bit of fun too. You know. Yeah. Um, and also that thing you said about the sweet spot. I think that's absolutely right. I think. God bless him. You know, the the great thing I think about Rob at this point is, uh, and I'm just going to pull names out of the air here um, for no reason other than I can't think of anything better, but you know, unlike, say, a David Lee Roth, um, unlike, you know, uh, name pretty much any other singer in that position in the metal world, um, Rob is still as good. Yeah. I mean, maybe better. I mean, uh, if I want cheering up, I, I, I stuck a video on my social media the other day, which was the pre, I think I said, the priest doing Exciter mm. at some festival. Oh, man. Oh, I, yeah. I, I sat yeah. there and watched that about five times. <laughs> yeah. Because it was the beginning of the show yeah. and the band yeah. are out there. Yeah. They're rocking. Yeah. And you hear Rob singing. But he's out the back somewhere. He's got a handheld yeah. mic. Yeah. And you can hear him going, metal, metal, you know. And then, he's, and then you, you catch a glimpse. And as the crowd catches a glimpse, yeah. you hear them going nuts. And then you get a full body shot of him. And he's resplendent <laughs> yeah. Yeah. in this amazing metal costume, which on him looks right. Yeah, yeah, it does. That's right. Not, you know, some of us couldn't pull that off. <laughs> 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 well do you know it's but, funny yeah, you should say yeah. that because just the other week yeah. i was wandering into the old bull and rose in yonder yeah. village um in my 50 pound full metal jacket <laughs> and um they asked me to leave yeah yeah <laughs> not surprised yeah couple of quick rob halford ones um i believe this to be true but i haven't checked it in the book um the did he do his audition for priest 
miming to a Doris Day song into a hairbrush? Or is that an urban myth? Well, I mean, it it sounds somewhat unlikely. It's true. You see, you heard it from John Hotton first. It's definitely true. Definitely true. Is it true that Rob Halford and Freddie Mercury once had a secret love? Oh, I don't know. I didn't know that. Answer? Yes. Only in Rob's dreams. Oh, really? I don't fucking know. I've yeah. got no clue. I'm making it up as I go oh, along, I see. Mate. I see. This is... Yeah, okay, I thought you were coming with some kind of knowledge about this. Oh, no, no. Podcast. Psychic knowledge. Psychic yeah, knowledge. psychic knowledge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't know. But, I mean, he don't, look, listen. I, I, but you said to me earlier when you handed... There he is me, on the back, look. When you handed me the book... <laughs> You said, just open it any page in the middle. You'll get something good. And I did. And what did you read? What was I the did. first and thing I'm you read? Gonna, read it to us, John. This is the first thing I read. What page is it? It's page 266. Of course it is. <laughs> this is. This is the paragraph upon which I alighted. This is Rob now, not me. Through Hank, I met a bisexual marine sergeant on the base called Steve. He was just as ultra-masculine as Hank, but his big thing was threesomes with his wife, Dawn. Marines (laughs) Marines were allowed family visits, so I would go along at the same time as she was there. Once the door was shut, she would go at it for hours. (laughs) I'd leave there more exhausted than if I'd been for a gym workout. See, now that's a paragraph. If you want to sell your book, people, uh, write that. paragraphs like that. It's entertaining. It's interesting. Open this book at any page. I'm going to do it now. And by the way, it's called Rob Halford Confess, or as I like to call it, Confessor. I'm going to open this at any page, okay? Uh, okay, hang on. Uh, talk amongst yourselves. Okay, I was in, I was, I was in this Woolworths. With this bloke, I was trying to buy a pair of underpants. And what happened? Okay. It says, uh, Jim arrived at the hotel (laughs) looking sweaty and agitated with very well-chewed lips. He was twitchy as he talked to us. Guys, I've got to stop managing you, he said. I'm sorry, but I'm having personal issues. (laughs) You're getting really big and I just can't do this any longer. Fucking hell! (laughs) Pick your moment, why don't you, mate? Despite that pre-gig bombshell, the Madison Square Garden show was unbelievable. Wow, it was before Madison Square Garden. The the Madison Square Garden show was unbelievable. The cheer as I revved on stage on my Harley Davidson (laughs) nearly took the roof off. He is the metal god, isn't he? Hang on. Staring out at the garden at the end of the show as 20,000 fans roared their approval. He didn't mean the back garden, people. <laughs> he meant, he meant Madison sense. Square Garden. Yeah, yeah. There you go. There you go. Terrific. I, mean, I, I look forward to reading that. That is a fantastic yeah. book. I'm going to vote that... Um, book of the year. Well, well... Heavy metal book of the year. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. so... Oh, I forgot. <laughs> well, yeah. I forgot. <laughs> No, Maybe there was another book out this year that would well, contend. Yes, I I, uh, I don't know if I've mentioned it before, but uh, the paper riders version. were approaching, which I started the other day, and it's very good. Is it good? I have to say, very good. It's very exciting. Ah, excellent. It's got this opening chapter about 
the you know the death of Jimi Hendrix, the murder, the murder the of Jimi. Don't want to give too much away, but the, as good as Rob's bit about the Marine <laughs> Sergeant and his wife was, this was also very good. I tell you what, I think <clears throat> I think this. Oh, oh, there we go. Shut up! It's dogs. the metal dogs. Okay, that that might be our cue to leave. We will have more Rob Halford stories because there are always more Rob Halford always stories. More Rob. There's a couple I wanted to tell which we just didn't have time for, <laughs> but we will tell them. Yes. Um, but for now, John, uh, Rob Halford, confess the autobiography. God bless you, Rob. I would say Terrific definitely. Work. Go metal, and buy it. Metal Go memoir. Metal memoir of the year. Yeah, definitely. Go and buy Possibly it. Possibly of all time. Maybe so. And if you're feeling godlike and metal, that's the book for you for Christmas. If you liked this episode, be sure to leave us a review, share it with a friend, or plain old subscribe wherever you happen to listen to it. For full episode show notes, visit nofilter.media forward slash get your rocks off. This has been a No Filter Media production. Say what you want.